This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Once there was a wealthy Jew who invited a poor schlepper to join his family for the Shabbos meal. And during the meal, everybody gave over a Dvar Torah. Some of them were long and complex, and others were short or just an idea or a thought. Everybody gave over something. And when it came time for the schlepper to give over something, he just said, I'm sorry, but I don't know anything. Everyone looked at the wealthy Jew waiting for him to give a reaction, but he just ignored it and continued his meal. He said, Birkat Amazon, the grace after meals. And then... All the chairs came out from under the table, and everyone was getting ready to leave. The schlepper, who was exhausted, he was about to leave the meal, and he felt a hand on his shoulder. It was the hand of the son-in-law of the wealthy Jew, and he was not happy. He said to the schlepper, What's the deal with you? Do you really have to be an Amaretz? You have to be an ignoramus? Didn't have anything to say about the Torah? Not even one thought? And as this son-in-law is going on and on, Yelling at the schlepper, the schlepper says to him, Ha! Huh, you're one to talk. One day you're going to be a small town rabbi, living off of a weekly salary of just two coins. Is that something to be proud of? The son-in-law was shocked. He didn't expect this response. And he said to himself, How could it be? I married into this wealthy family. There's no way that I could ever lose all this money and all this wealth. And the thought of being a small town rabbi, it's impossible. So the son-in-law continued getting upset, and this time it was personal. The wealthy Jew, who was in his room, unwinding from the long week and enjoying Shabbos, he heard the shouts and he went out to see what's going on. And he said, what's going on here? In a self-assured manner, the son-in-law said, this guy has some chutzpah. Not only did he not give over a Dvar Torah, but he told me that one day I'm going to be a small town rabbi and make two coins a week. So the wealthy Jew said to the schlepper, what's this all about? And the schlepper said, sit down, and I'll tell you my story. I'm just a simple tailor, and I live in a very modest home in a small village. For years, I made my living. I'd get a little business here and there. And every now and then, the nobleman, who owned a large palace nearby, would hire me for some work. One day, he decided that he wanted uniforms for all of his employees. And he asked me to give him an estimate. So I gave it some thought. I gave him a price. And he knew that I'm an honest person, so the nobleman agreed and gave me all of the money in cash up front. So here I had all this money, everything I needed, and I went out to the big town to buy all the materials. And when I arrived, I saw that there was a big scandal going on. A family had been thrown in prison in a pit for not paying the rent that they owned. Father, mother, and the children. And I saw this family and I saw their suffering, and then I remembered... I had all this money in cash sitting in my pocket. So I asked how much money did they owe? And I was shocked when it turned out to be the same amount of money that I had down to the last coin. I knew it was a sign from God. I gave the money over and freed the family. Well, everyone was watching me and shocked at what I was doing. And once I left, the father came over to me and he said to me, I want you to know I'm one of the Lamed Vav Tzadikim. And one of the 36 righteous people that hide amongst us. He 
He said, I have no way of repaying you for your kindness, but I promise that you'll be rewarded in the world to come. Me, from from my point of view, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I hope Hashem forgives me for what I did. I went back to the nobleman and I told him that someone had stolen the money, and I couldn't get the materials he needed for his uniforms. The nobleman knew I was an honest person, and he believed me. So without even thinking about it, he simply gave me the cash again. This time I went I bought the material, and I made all the uniforms, and I finished his entire order. In our village, we don't have enough Jews to make a, a minion. And for many years, my wife and I traveled to a neighboring town for the month of Tishrei. The year after I freed that family, we arrived in the town as usual, Erev Yom Kippur. I headed to the shul early for Kol Nidre. I figured I haven't been to shul the whole year. The least I can do is show up early for Kol Nidre. And I'm standing there next to the entrance with a talus over my head. I open up the first page of Tehillim, and I start to recite Tehillim. And while I'm reading Tehillim, I see somebody's coming over to me. I look up, and I recognize the man that I had freed just a few months before. But I didn't know then that he had already died, and he came to visit me beyond the grave. I've come to return the favor, he told me. Let me teach you how the holy day of Yom Kippur is experienced in Gan Eden. For a while he stood next to me, describing things that I couldn't even understand. Everything I've said, he told me, that relates to the world of Asiya. And then he went on to explain how things are in the world of Yetzira. And he said it goes like this. And then he talked about Yom Kippur and Yetzira. And then he moved on to explain the spiritual world of Bria. And like I told you, I didn't understand a single word he was saying. It didn't even seem like we were speaking the same language. I didn't understand anything. Nothing. But something warmed my heart. And I started to cry. And I just kept crying and crying. And then all of a sudden I felt everyone was pushing me. And I realized that I'm standing in the doorway. And I figured it was people trying to come in for Kol Nidre. So I moved over to make room for people to come in. And then I realized Yom Kippur was over. I had been sleeping or meditating all of Yom Kippur. The pushing was everybody trying to get out of shul so that they could eat. And the Gabbai was angry at me because he couldn't lock up the shul because I wasn't moving. The man that I freed, he turned to me and he said, This is just the beginning. Now I want you to go to the seer of Leblin, where he'll teach you the rest. And just like that, he disappeared. I was confused and I didn't know what to do. And I wondered, what did I do to merit such an incredible spiritual experience? I'm just a simple man. And here, I've been elevated to the level of the greatest tzaddikim. I didn't have the kalim, the spiritual equipment, to handle such holy things. I came home to the inn where my wife and I were staying, and she had set the table with food and drinks, but nothing mattered anymore. I just had to get to Lublin. My wife said, well, at least eat or drink something. He said, no, I don't care. I have to get to the seer of Lublin. And as soon as I walked into the room of the seer of Lublin, he said to me, I'm well aware that you're not ready. To help you build the kalim for the spiritual energy that's coming down for you, I want you to stay here for an entire year, and we'll daven together from the same sitter for a whole year. So of course I stayed, and I stood next to the seer Lublin, crowding around his yellow old sitter every time we prayed. After the year was up, the seer told me now I should walk around in a self-prescribed exile for three years. But before I left, he gave me a gift. Whenever you come across someone, nothing will be hidden from you. You will know everything about this person from the day they're born until the day they die. Nothing will be hidden. So the schlepper said, here I am. I haven't finished my three years. I'm wandering around. And I want you to know, the schlepper said to the son-in-law, eventually you're going to be a rabbi in a small town. 
living off of two coins a week. And with that, the Schlepper left. Many years passed, and the wealthy man lost all of his money. And his son-in-law had no choice but to try to find a job. And eventually, he had two offers to be a rabbi in two towns. One town would pay him three coins a week, and the other was going to pay him two coins a week. He didn't need to think much about it. He took the job that paid two coins a week. And when the one who offered him three asked how come he's taking the job that pays less money, he said, many years ago, we hosted a very holy Jew for a Shabbos meal. And he told me that I'm destined just for two coins a week. So I'm going where I'm supposed to go. Mama, mama, mama.